You keep your secrets in a sunken chest I keep mine in a mattress Stains the former tenants made Learning to play the freshman game
You're listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me once again is the unaffordable Caleb Coy. <laughs> I don't... I don't even have a comeback for that. Inflation. Hi. Inflation. In- what are you going to do? Inflation is... No one can just, afford a Caleb anymore. It's runaway. Run rampant. Like, you know, we, we tried to keep prices down for as long as we could, but it's just not, it's not sustainable anymore. Yeah. I mean, have you... Buying a Caleb in this economy? In this economy? <laughs> I mean, the Caleb supply chain is just completely fucked right now, so... It's true. It's There's true. just no way to get a Caleb. You can't, you can't get a Caleb right now if you wanted Oof. one. Limited quantities, and it is this season's hottest demand. (laughs) (laughs) Caleb. Kitsy. What are we doing this week? We are... So, hmm. Way back, almost two full years ago, when when we started this podcast, uh, you introduced me to an artist that I had never listened to, uh, that I just instantly fell in love with musically. Uh, uh, that was uh, Harmony Woods. You remember? Do you remember covering a Harmony Woods record a long time ago? Uh, that, that rings a bell. Yeah, I think that, yeah. I think we did that. I, th- I think we did. And so uh, this year, uh, in, in the year of 2021 of the Common Era, uh, Harmony Woods released another record, uh, third third record, third record. Uh, called Graceful Rage. And uh, something happened uh, a while back when I when I first listened to this record. I was like, "This is this is really good." So I I put it on one day here in my office. I, I laid out here on on the futon. I turned off all the lights, and I got really stoned. And I listened to this record, and I was like, "Fuck, is this record of the year?" And so like later on, I was like, "You know what? That could have been the drugs talking. Why don't I just give it another listen and see what I really think?" So you got even higher. <laughs> uh, and turns out, I think this is actually my pick for record of the year. Damn. Yeah. This is even we, our record of the year episode. Yeah. It's like the, not even the the intent, but like I, I have been mulling this over now for for a few months. Uh, you know, we we tried to get uh, Sophie on the the podcast with us to talk about it a while back. Uh, things just couldn't line up, and you know what? Shit happens. People are busy. We get it. Uh, Would have been really awesome to to talk to the, to the band about this. Or I guess is it is it just Sophie technically? I don't I don't know I don't know what the dynamic there is. Like I know obviously yeah. there's like other musicians, but I don't know if they're like you know full band members or if it's like you know hired guns or with i'm not sure what the, sure what the what the dynamic there is to be honest regardless it would have been awesome to talk to sophie about this and yes. get some direct perspective right from the the artist but uh alas here we are you're just gonna have to deal with the the two of us jokers but uh that said I, i've been mulling this over for a few months now and this so we listen to a lot of really great music for this we listen to some that i don't like and that happens it's fine uh, uh but we listen to a lot of really great stuff mm-hmm. But we listened to so much, and between music for this podcast uh, and you know, like trying to, to keep up with our other shows and work and life and whatnot, uh, there's not a lot that I find myself having a chance or remembering, let's be honest, remembering to go back and revisit. Yeah. I have listened to this record so much. Wow, okay. <laughs> and I just keep falling in love with it. Uh, and so I, I'm just I'm really excited to, to finally have a chance to talk about it today. So uh, I think I said it already, but we are talking about the latest release from Harmony Woods called Graceful Rage. Uh, and coming into the episode today, uh, we just heard the track Easy, which is track number three. Now, uh, before now. we get too far into that, I want to set a little bit of context for people who may not be familiar with uh 
not necessarily with Harmony Woods, but maybe with this record and the way the way it happened. Um, there's two very notable things about this record uh, okay. that I think are worth pointing out. Number one uh, is that it was produced by Bartiz Strange. It sure fucking was, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. Number two is. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure this was a surprise release. I don't think really, I mean, obviously some people knew about it because it takes more than a single person to make a record, but like True. there wasn't really any announcement or, you know, there were no social media posts. Like I'm in the studio with Barty mm -hmm. Strange, you know, whatever, like none of that. And just one day it was like, bam, new Harmony Woods record. What now? <laughs> <laughs> that explains why it just kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Because it did. That's, that's, I mean, that's so awesome though. Uh, it really is. And then it's just, I mean, I don't even have words for how good this record is. I, I, I hope you do because this otherwise this is going to be a real short podcast. I mean, I've I've got some for sure. Um, so I picked uh, I picked Easy as a starting point for a couple of reasons. Uh, first, I mean, there's eight tracks on this record. We usually talk about six. We've already talked about one uh, back when we had Dan on from Twenty Five O'clock, uh, and that was awesome. Uh, and hi Dan, one, if you're listening. Hi Dan. Uh, and there's there's one that. Uh, if you look at the track listing, you probably know for obvious reasons why we're not going to talk about it. It's a good song. Uh, you know, well done, Sophie, but we're not going to talk about that track. But this is a record, eight songs, and almost every one of them could have been either the opener or closer. This is just a, like, back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back -to -back epic bangers. Yeah. And I, I don't, I honestly, I don't know how to process that because... This record feels like it's it is constantly in this cycle of beginning and ending, and no matter how many times I listen to it, I still get lost and am not really sure where I am in the record until the very last track plays, which um, we will actually say for for the end of the the show for for reasons. Uh, but Easy starts out. Are you familiar with the Image and Heap song Hide and Seek? I'm not. Uh, so uh, back on uh, on one of Imogen Heap's uh, solo records, she had a, a track called Hide and Seek. It, it got some popularity uh, on the radio. It got sampled with uh, some hip-hop songs, stuff like that. There's, uh, You might recognize the hook if you heard it. But it starts out with Imogen uh, harmonizing with herself uh, fully um, – Acapella, but with like I don't know, like a vocoder or something like that to to octavize her her vocals as she's doing the, the harmony. So it sounds like synth. Uh, the intro of this song kind of reminds me of that without the synth elements. Yeah, okay, I see that. Uh, it's just this very sparse. Uh, just I, I think it's two, maybe three voices harmonizing uh, through the, this first few lines, and there's this. Slow, gradual, steady build through the whole song that you almost don't notice unless you're like actively paying attention for it because mm -hmm. it it just kind of carries you along on the current. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a musical uh, a musical river cruise. Okay. Um, and like as the these like vocal harmonies build, you get a little bit of a just a like. There's a lot of restraint in this song, so I'm going to use uh, descriptors that are kind of contradictory. Okay. There's this huge growly synth bass, but it's so low in the mix. It's more of a feeling than anything. It's just a, like underneath the vocals, and then you start to you get a little bit of piano, and then you have when the guitars really come in, 
It's this like slow, drony, very delicate strumming. But it sounds like you take a really like gorgeous old tube amp and crank it till it starts to break up, but like mic it really far away and put it low in the mix. So it's these really delicate strums that sound like they would probably blow your fucking eardrums out if you were in the same room because that's the tone that it's getting. Yeah. <laughs> like, are, are you feeling any yeah, of yeah. this? And so again, it continues to to build and build and build. And I'm I'm not gonna even like try to touch uh lyric interpretation on this uh, other than to say i fucking love the lyric writing on this uh, on this record as a whole uh and if you're the kind of person that does like listen to and appreciate the lyrics really pay attention because like sophie does some great writing on this uh but yeah it just it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds uh until like there's this one moment of like a staggered drum beat the guitar stops and then everything comes back in there's a huge kind of like I can do that like nasty guitar tone lead. How's that go again? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not doing it again. Damn it. I'm not. But like, it's just it, it is so epic from start to finish. And again, like a lot of the tracks on this record are on the longer side too. If you think of like a typical pop song being right around that three minute mark, that gets kind of the the easy radio play and easy short attention span. Most of these songs are more on the like four to six minutes uh, side. Yeah. And that just, that gives them so much room to breathe. And I just, I, I love it because the song is somehow really, it, it's like something that you look at and think like, that looks really delicate and fragile, but then you realize that it's actually incredibly strong and like tempered. Like that's how this song feels to me musically. That, that feels like a good metaphor for, uh, just for Sophie herself, like, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I feel like, like you hear these these vocals in the songwriting. And you think like it's it's very delicate, but there is this incredible strength underneath it. Yeah, that, it's not really readily apparent at first glance. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Another reason that I would have loved a chance to talk to Sophie about this is because, and I mentioned this when we were talking to Dan. This record and. and Harmony was other stuff as well, but this record in particular really stands out to me as like, this is someone who knows what the fuck they're doing musically, Mm -hmm. probably is like classically trained or has like some, you know, kind of deep level understanding of how music is supposed to work. Just the structure of these songs, the way the melodies flow, the way you have these kind of partial, like half steps up, uh, they give just a little bit of a like, uh, uh, oh, there it is, as as the, the melody progresses. Um, I just I, I would love to to learn more about Sophie's background and the writing style and whatnot. Um, but as it stands, I'm just I'm just left loving it. Yeah, I mean, I think you. So you talked earlier about how listening to this record, you never really know where you are in the record till the last song because any song could be the beginning or the end of the record. Yeah, I kind of feel that way about the songs, and that's not just on this record. I, I have this. I don't want to say problem because I don't think it's a problem. No. But I have this thing with with all of Harmony Woods stuff where I never really know where in the song I am at any given moment. Like, yeah. I'm never sure. Is this the verse? Is this the, the chorus? <laughs> or is it a bridge? Like, what is where are, where, where are we? Where are we? And where are we going? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And um, on one hand, it's a little disorienting. But on another hand, it's it's I like it because so much music uh, is predictable. 
And yes. that's not always yes. a bad thing, right? Like, I think the right. reason a lot of pop music is popular and successful is because it's predictable, and so it feels like you already have heard it before. Mm-hmm. Mostly because you have, because everything's fucking repetitive. <laughs> but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, like, I never know what's coming next in a Harmony Woods song. And, yes. And that scares me a little bit, in a good way. <laughs> so... I, I guess just, what I'm just trying to say is like it, it's not the songwriting's not as straightforward as your four chord pop song uh, that that is so prevalent uh, in in a lot of the music that we cover, and I think that's really cool. Yeah, the, there really aren't that many records that I can put on and say that I feel like I can truly just kind of get lost in. Like most of the time, yeah, it's it's reasonably formulaic and straightforward. Even the stuff that I like love the most is still tends to be pretty pretty straightforward and pretty structured and this is a little bit more freeform uh and you know like i said every song can be the beginning or the end of the record right in the fucking middle of the record is a track called end
And like even just now listening to this track for the, I don't know, couple dozenth time in the last few weeks, I'm hearing things that I haven't heard before. And I just, that like, that never fails to make me so happy to discover new things and songs that I already thought I knew really well or, you know, like I already loved it and like, holy shit, there's something else here. Yeah. I don't think I ever noticed the snare on this song before. Yeah. Or maybe more accurately, the lack of towards the, in most of the beat, most of the track. It's mostly like a, like a rim shot click, right? Well, it's like it's Tom's and then, then. Well, it sounds, uh, oh, there's definitely, uh, riding the rim for sure, yeah. but it sounds like, um, the, the snare strainer is just, uh, open. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so it's sense. just hitting the, the snare drum and it's just resonating without the snares, which is an interesting choice. Um, totally works in this song it does and again this like this is a song where if you really listen closely there is a lot going on i mean there there's um there there's layers of this really vibey piano that sounds like maybe a, a Rhodes. Mm-hmm. there's this clean but like very wet sounding picky guitar through it builds up into again those huge crunchy fuzzy like tube tone uh guitars there's a bass line with an incredible amount of movement. I mean, like aspects of like the later half of this track kind of remind me of like the Gloria record or something like that, where there's just, there's just huge and atmospheric, but the, there's so much movement going on as the song is droney. Then like drums and bass, is, uh, bass are going all every which way. And yet it still somehow feels so that, that same kind of sparseness and like delicateness that we talked about in, in easy is still there. Mm -hmm. And I, I like between Sophie and Barty's like, you can't be surprised that they put out a fucking masterpiece like this, but like, I don't understand how is really what it comes down to. Uh, and Sophie writes some of the most ridiculously good melodies that I've heard in a, in a long time. And her voice continues to remind me of uh, kind of a mix between uh, my friend Stephanie from Desert Sharks, formerly Edison Clio. And as I mentioned the last time we talked about uh, a Harmony Woods record, uh, a lot like uh, like an Elizabeth Elmore like yeah. reputation. And I just, I, I love that so much. There's such a, a, a passion uh, behind every every note, every line, and oh, I'm just I'm getting chills thinking about the, this record, uh, and just the the little little touches, like it just it, you just sit and listen and kind of feel the the vibrato of that piano uh, and the like the like almost like. Almost, not actually, but almost like sloppy, loose feel of the way the drums are played here. Yeah. It's not just a straight beat like you would almost expect. Uh, and like how that all like plays off each other. And I just, I, I, I can't get out, I can't get over it. I just, I love it so much. It's, it's so good. I think, I think I figured out what it is about Harmony Woods that trips me up so much with the, the song structure and not knowing where I am and yeah. not knowing what's going on. I think it's because every Harmony Woods song is incredibly slow, like tempo wise. Yeah. And I think that my dumb brain, <laughs> uh, it, which I, I think is part of why the songs are, are a bit on the longer side. 
Um, and I think sure. I think that my dumb brain, by the time we get to the end of a part, I forget that what parts started <laughs> and I just, I, I can't like, it's not, it's too slow for my brain to, 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 to remember what happened four bars ago. And, and so I get, I get lost. Yeah. It, like this is a four and a half minute song. Yeah. It's not a short song by any means. It, uh, it's not, you know, not the longest track on the record, but you, it's, it's up there, but I realized this listen through that by the time it gets to that huge repeating refrain that I, um, I don't need you and I'll keep saying it until it becomes true. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I realized the song felt too short. Like it didn't feel like it took enough time to get here. Like it's going to be over soon. But then I look at it and it's, you know, three and a half out of four and a half minutes have passed. And I'm like, what, where did the time go? <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing is like the the tempos are incredibly slow, but the songs don't feel like they're dragging. They, no, they don't. That's a really and hard thing to do. Like I I made a bit of a comparison to the Gloria record, and it's something like Chris Simpson in the Gloria record and in Mineral and some of his other projects is kind of known for like really drawing out each phrase and. That's not what happens here. No. Like this song feels like it stretches, but it doesn't feel like it's it's taking too long to to get there. Uh, you know, and, you know, to to Chris's credit, like there's one track where he like very self aware, like kind of calls himself out for you know, it drove home to that achingly long song, the one that makes you move so slow, blah blah blah. Um, but yeah, that doesn't happen here. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I I don't I don't have a good segue for for the next track, but uh, you know, going into the you know, going out of the the first half of the record, I want to keep uh, keep going right in order with this uh, three four five and talk about holding to you or holding you to you. A few things really stand out to me about this track. Um, okay, number one is the guitars are fucking huge. They really are. Like. To the point where I'm, I was sitting here going like, "How the fuck do you get guitars to sound that big? <laughs> like, like, like on a technical level, like how, like if I had to recreate that sound, how would I even do it? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which is great. I think um, the way the first verse, I guess, uh, builds, it, it kind of feels like we're gonna get real angry. It does, and then we don't really. There's a little bit of that payoff at the end musically. It, it, I think it gets where I want it to go, but I, I would have loved to hear a little more, uh, I don't know, just anger uh, in, in Sophie's voice. Um, it, this this one didn't quite pay off for me. It's still a great song. Don't get me wrong, but like I feel like I never really got the the angry moment that I that I was promised in the beginning. Kind ah. of, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, I can definitely see that. Like, there's a, there's a couple things that really stand out about this track to me. Uh, the first being that it kind of it it plays with your expectations of how a song should be structured because it does start a little bit more on the the aggressive side. In fact, um, 
I don't know if you've ever thought about what it would sound like if kind of like a, a noise punk uh, band played really slow, mm-hmm. but that's kind of how I picture, like if you took the verses of this song and sped it up, it sort of stuff. Okay. Like it would be like really chugger, really, and it would be like, it would be noisy. It would be fun. It would sound aggressive, but it's just, it's taking that and just slowing it way down. And so it feels like, okay, this is going to build like some huge energy, right? But no, the like the kind of pre-chorus or whatever has like the energy kind of starts to fall off where there's like this stuttery like like build up, walk down, build up, walk down, like kind of like a Sisyphean up the hill and back down sort of thing until it gets to the chorus and it's just sparse, just like the big guitar strums and Sophie's vocals and like that's it. Mm-hmm. And then it, it starts back up again and the second verse is even more aggressive with more like some some uh, kind of fuzzy, snarly leads going on. But then it does the same thing where it, it falls back down the hill and stomps. And then it has this you know, big epic build where Sophie is yelling the melody at a you know, very high octave and the guitars are almost like echoing it. And it sounds almost like someone screaming in an empty room. Yeah. And so I, I think she nailed the imagery uh, with that. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Just, for sure. Uh, and then the way that it like, it kind of, it falls off at the end and then has this like, like real quick build up and sudden end, uh, right in the last few seconds. Um, so it wasn't, qu- it wasn't quite a stairway to nowhere at the end there, but maybe like a step stool to nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you step and then just went a little too far and fell off. Um, <laughs> or like, you know, if, if you've got a, a house that has like a back door, that's supposed to have a couple of uh, steps leading down, but you haven't installed the steps yet and you open it and just fall. <laughs> That's super bad for you. You shouldn't do that. <laughs> you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Uh, but again, like this track feels like it should be the end of the record, but it's not. <laughs> and I kind of love that. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Uh, well, hey, why don't we go ahead and hear Holding You to You from the album Graceful Rage by the artist Harmony Woods. And when we come back, we'll talk about a few more of Caleb's favorite picks off of this record. So stay tuned.
The Storyteller series brings you full-cast audio productions of short stories. I'm the host, Megs, and each month we'll bring you a brand new story performed by talented voice actors, interviews with great authors, and exclusive print edition stories. Listen wherever you enjoy podcasts. Catch us on Twitter and Instagram at NSR Storyteller or at nightshiftradio.com. The Storyteller series. All-time radio, rebooted. Hi, podcast listeners. This is Caleb from Night Shift Radio. If you love spooky stories as much as I do, but maybe aren't entirely sure that you believe in the paranormal, then you'll enjoy the newest Night Shift Radio original, Possibly Normal. Twice a month, we tell a true story of possible paranormal encounters from the perspective of the person who witnessed the events. In these stories, we offer no attempted explanation, only the truth as it was observed. So join me as Night Shift Radio presents Possibly Normal, starting January 2022, wherever you listen to podcasts. Sis 
You're still listening to Left of the Dial. I am still Kitsy. Caleb is still unaffordable. And it just keeps going up, too. Like, yeah. And I think it, it, it ticked up another 50 cents just uh, during the break. It really did. <laughs> this rate, at this rate, we're not going to be able to afford to keep you on the show. Thanks, Biden. <laughs> we, of course, are still talking about Graceful Rage. The third album from Harmony Woods came out earlier this year. Uh, Caleb, what did we just hear coming back from the break? Well, coming back from the break, uh, I thought, you know, we'd take it right back to the, the beginning. And, uh, you know, we, we've talked about how most of the, the tracks on this record feel like they could be the beginning or the end. But only one track is the beginning and only one track is the end. Uh, and we're going to feature both of those in this second half of the episode. So we're, of course, talking about the track Good Luck Road, which now I wonder if that's an actual actual road. It feels like it, it would be. It could be. It could be. We'll never know. Um, so there's, I think there's I, absolutely no way to find out. There, there's no way. It's not possible. And might as well just give up uh, the whole conversation. Um, everything's fucked. Good luck. Everything's fucked. Good. I love that line so much. Uh, that's that's one of the first things that stood out to me about this record was that line in particular. I mean, I, I so I made this analogy recently, I think, how like, there was a, a first track on a record that kind of sounded like it's setting up either like a um, a musical or like a concept album where they kind of take you through all of the various movements of like how, like what the the rest of the production is going to sound and feel like and with little snippets here and there. It kind of feels like there's a little bit of that musically. I mean, the stars is this like really like light acoustic picking with this rhythmic drums uh like just on the toms uh and then like builds and builds and then again like there's this like really like quiet drawn out chorus but then it just it it gets big we get those huge growly guitars again we get these huge melodies uh and then at the very end it's that just like just bring it right back to to Sophie's voice, just saying everything's fucked. Good luck. What a song! I I think you know you you, you mentioned that every one of these songs could be the beginning and could be the end of the record. Mm-hmm. And I think that it, I think the reason that is is because the way she writes is. So, I hate the word epic, <laughs> but, like... That's not unreasonable of a, of a word to use, though. Yeah, but it's like, it feels like, you know, any good any good album is gonna, you know, start with something to really hook you in, and it's gonna take you on a journey, it's gonna bring it up, it's gonna take it down, sure, and then it's, sure. gonna, it's gonna end on a big high note, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And that's what every single one of her songs does. Yeah. Like her songs are almost like little mini albums in and of themselves because they 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 take you on such a journey, you know? Yeah. Like I don't know. It's it's just cool. It's cool. It's like they they are all cohesively an album together. They make sense yes. uh, as a collection of songs, but each one of them feels complete. Uh, there are a couple moments, uh, and specifically the bridge between uh, end, uh, or sorry, easy and end, where there's that like noisy that's drawn out, mm-hmm. and then the the next song starts. There's a little bit of like connective tissue throughout the record, but for the most part, 
each of these feels like a complete whole that if you were just presented with this song, you would say, I am satisfied. I am full like, from it. You know, you, your your musical stomach is is satiated. Yeah. Um, but then you put them all together, and it's like ah, oh, it's like a fucking banquet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the the musical equivalent of of like a, a of a holiday feast. <laughs> all right, I like it. Like each dish is perfectly composed, and you could you could just snack on that one thing, and it would be it would be so good. It would be just some of the best you've ever had, of like whatever uh, whatever dish it happened to be. But then you put it all together as a meal, and like oh, yes, I, I will have some more. Thank you, <laughs> Caleb. Did you skip dinner again? No, I actually did eat right before this. Okay. <laughs> um, also, the intensity of her voice. When Sophie says, you, you did this, your fault, like all of these things, like I find myself sometimes thinking like, I fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Shit, what did I do? I don't know what I did, but I did something really bad that I need to make up for immediately. (laughs) And like there's something to be said for lyric writing that is so passionate and so direct that you don't even have to know what the song is about, like specifically to feel the the emotion and to, to almost feel like it directed at you and maybe that's just a guilty conscience but maybe i don't what i don't think Caleb, so. what did you, what did you do to her uh, i hope <laughs> i hope nothing i don't know i don't recall that i've ever met sophie but uh hopefully hopefully i did nothing um nothing to uh to spark such graceful rage fuck that was good <laughs>
Graceful Rage, of course, being the title track of the album. Is that how title tracks work? Most of the time. Oh. I, actually, the, the qualifier most of the time is, is true because we've encountered title tracks that didn't quite work that way before. I can't think of a single example off the top of my head, but I know it's happened. God damn it. Fair. <laughs> uh, so it, it's difficult to pin down exactly what, and I'm sure like a, a side-by-side comparison, um, I could probably figure it out, but there is something about Graceful Rage and Good Luck Road that makes them feel like two sides of the same coin. Okay. It may, like they're... There is a, a similarity in the structure and in the energy and in the passion behind them in the melody structure to where uh, there's a part of my uh, brain that hears, like, if I'm just thinking about the record, if I'm not actively listening to it, I hear that I'm tired of being led to believe that things aren't what they seem. Back to back with graceful rage is all that uh, suits me these days. And, like, it's, I, I think... There's something there. I think that it's intentional, and maybe it's not. Maybe I'm just seeing patterns that that don't really exist. But it goes along with the idea that, uh, again, each one of these songs is complete and near perfect on its own, but all together as a whole make one of the best records that I've heard in a very long time. Um, I also love that, like, a common theme that we haven't really touched on, but, like, shows up in pretty much every track is that there's almost like a jazz approach to like, let's just noodle something here. Oh, that sounds dope. Keep it. Yeah. It'd be like <laughs> one little guitar lick or like a, a weird drum fill or like a, a bass walk or like just some noise or something like that. And like, may, you might not hear that sound again for the rest of the song, or you might hear it, but in a completely different way later, or they might just kind of take it and run with it like full like, jazz improv. Uh, and it works so well because these songs, like when you really do break them down, they, they do have a structure. It's not necessarily the like first course, first course, bridge, first course, whatever, like pop structure that we're used to, but like it exists, mm-hmm. but these little pieces don't necessarily fit the structure. And like they, they create this kind of looseness that almost makes it feel like the song's more freeform than it really is. Yeah, I think you might be right. I think that might be what it is for me. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what it is about these songs that like make it hard for my brain to like know where I am and what's going on at any given moment. Um, and I think that's part of it. Uh, and like going back to what you said earlier about not knowing how the guitars are so huge. Like how are they so huge and yet so like held back? Like the energy of like, holding a like a, a super energetic large dog on a leash as it wants to like run and play with everybody like that like or it's like, there or like flying a kite in a hurricane yes exactly where like all of that energy is there and it is trying to break free but something is holding it back uh and like putting it like just enough to it like you feel every note that the guitars are playing but the vocals are still the most prominent part uh, except for the couple of times where it makes sense for the vocals to blend more, like the you know in the like screaming into an empty room mm-hmm. line, uh, and just there's just there is a genius level to the uh, like the writing, the arrangement, and the production of this between Sophie and Bartiz that like 
I can barely wrap my head around. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. It is like she's just operating on a whole other level that I do not know how to comprehend. That's like really what's happening here. And I Caleb, I wish I could explain it, but I can't. Yes, there it is. <laughs> What a way to end a record. <laughs> so I Holy shit. I I kept this track as the the end of our episode because yeah, I mean I can't think of a, a more appropriate way to end this record than this song. Um I mean and you know that when I say this it is from the the highest level of praise. This track could end any Jimmy Eat World record. Um, and yeah. Yeah. In, in some ways is even more epic. Um, this is a, a reference that I don't expect a, a ton of people to get, but this feels to me like, uh, like musically, like a, a Jim Adkins and Death Comes to Madison uh, collaboration with how fucking huge it is. And you take Sophie's writing, her vocals, her lyric writing, her energy, her intensity. And this is like, this triggers every layer of my, my empathy responses when yeah. I listen to music. Every single one of my uh, emotional responses is just firing on all cylinders with this song. And I love that so much. Um, and it's, it's so wild because it starts and it just feels like it's going to be just a, it's just a really straightforward acoustic ballad. Like there's this like one of the most lush and full and rich and gorgeous sounding acoustic guitars ever. Again, with with Sophie's just very like deceptively delicate vocals yeah. over it. Uh, and then again, it builds and it gets huge. But you have like at one point in the the biggest part of like the huge guitars, there's also like buried, if you listen really closely, like there's a full-on like metal solo, like yeah, going on underneath. It's like, wait, did I hear what I think I just heard? Uh, and like, it goes hard. It it, it goes, didn't it didn't have to go this hard, but it did. And then like in that that ending uh, bridge or whatever it is, uh, as it, like she's singing the melody of the the chorus essentially, but with with different uh, lyrics, uh, and it's getting huger and huger and huger, and then it just drops. And she sings those, those lines, I changed the locks, it's been so long, I forgot when, and you'll never hurt me again. And then it builds, 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 until it's just absolutely, there, there's no better word to me than soaring, huge melody. And mm -hmm. uh, she just draws out that, I can't, I can't forgive you. Um, and again, I just find myself like, please, please forgive me. Uh, but like, if I can, if I could pick one one line from this record that I think really stands out lyrically above all the others. I'm in love with myself now. Can you say the same? Yes, that's jumped out at me <laughs> right away. I love <laughs> I love that line. That's such a good line. I I also find it's interesting that like these lyrics hit both of us incredibly hard, but in seemingly different ways. Mm -hmm. Right? Like in your in your mind, it seems like, you know, she's singing to you or about you or at you or whatever. And like, to me, it's like, I hear her singing and I'm like, 
fuck, I feel that too. Like, Mm -hmm. like I also feel like I'm in this situation that I'm definitely not, but (laughs) you have painted such a vivid picture that it feels like I am. Yeah. Well, and I I feel both sides of that, but like there is something about like the directness of the way that she speaks that like, it it feels like, like if I were standing right next to the person that she was singing to, I wouldn't be able to tell (laughs) because it's so like, so pointed and so like just precise in the, like the, the emotion that is being directed. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't, I, I love, love every bit of it. And there's a lot here that, you know, that I don't, I can't relate to personally, but I still feel yeah. every part of it. And that is just like, it's just some incredible songwriting uh, from, from Sophie. And yeah, like you going back to the, the start of the record when I, when I was, uh, when I was stoned out of my mind and listening to this and thinking like, oh man, this is record of the year. Like just listening to these tracks one at a time, I still feel that. And then I put it on, I listened to it all the way and I still feel that. And I don't just, well, I, I <laughs> don't declare it record of the year yet, Caleb. And the year's not quite over, the, but well, the year's not quite over, but we have two more episodes left this year. Okay. For left of the dial. And uh, one of them is going to be my uh, top picks of the year, and the other is going to be yours. So don't declare it just yet. Save it for the episode where you're supposed to do that. Well, we're, we're close enough to the end of the year that I'm going to declare this record of the year, but that, that don't necessarily uh, change you know, like individual song picks. I don't know. I, I, haven't, eh, we'll I haven't figured out. I don't know what I'm going to do for my, my I don't either. pick of the year. I don't either. <laughs> but uh, it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. And last, I remember last year we did uh, we did like the top covers of the year. We had uh, we had our friend Janelle on, and she did a a, a, a top several for us. That was good, yeah. Uh, we we had uh, the our, our our friends and co-hosts stand in and do uh, they, top Christmas they songs. Broke or... into the studio and recorded an unauthorized <laughs> episode of Left <laughs> of the Dial that to this day is not canonical. Do not listen to it. It is it is not authorized. It is not canonical. Nothing in that episode is is part of the official Left of the Dial canon. I just want to go on record. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. My, they will be hearing from my lawyers as soon as I find some. <laughs> yeah, so I just, I, I cannot stress enough how impactful this record is and how just beautiful in every possible way. Um, I really, like, I won't go so far as to say that you, you can't find a single flaw with it. That's I think that's putting it on a pedestal too much, but it, you're hard pressed to. You'd have to try real hard. I'll be honest. I have not listened to this record nearly as much as I should have this year because, and I and I couldn't remember why I was always so reluctant to go back and listen to it because I did listen to it when it came out. And now that we've gone through. Uh, six of the eight tracks I remember why and it's because this record hits me really fucking hard in the field like it is hard to listen yes. to yes. In, in a good way but like I I have to be in the right mental like emotional state to handle this record uh, it is a it is a journey it is uh, it's this is you know what this would be a great record to cry to it would it absolutely would yeah 
And I, I mean, honestly, that's a big part of why I have listened to it so much is not necessarily the the need to cry to it, but just that like I'm kind of masochistic for that feeling of yeah. like I I want a record to make me feel the way this record does. And it the older I get and the more cantankerous I get, the harder it mm-hmm. is for a record to really really get through to me uh, like this. And uh, uh, it bears repeating. There's a lot of uh, a lot of specific scenarios and sentiments and emotions on this record that I. I don't or can't directly relate to, but like that shows so much more the power of this songwriting that it still makes me feel it. And it makes me feel like this, this is what I need to be listening to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, folks, that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Before we go real quick, we have uh, some new content up on the left of the dial YouTube channel. Yeah. We have a few more sets uh, from fest this year. We went to, um, Dropped a few more sets this week, so go check that out. We've got a couple more Left of Dial live sessions coming here before the end of the year. Uh, they've already happened, but we're going to be releasing them. And uh, we are already going strong on booking more live sessions for you for next year, and we've got some really cool stuff lined up. Uh, so head over to leftofdial.fm, uh, sign up for our email list if you want to hear about that, or just check out our website. Keep an eye on that, because we'll post everything there. Uh, and hey, if you're a band... If you're a band out there and you are in or near or will be touring through Philadelphia in 2022 and you would like to do a Left of the Dial live session, please, please, please go to leftofthedial.fm and contact us. We would love to talk to you. Do it. Yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go out on I Can't, the final track from Graceful Rage, third album from Harmony Woods. And uh, just try to hold it together, folks. <laughs> it's going to be a rough one, but we'll get through this. This has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Coy. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. Look at us. Who would have ever thought I would leave your city for good? Two of us. I can count on one hand The times you've reached out since then All the times that you told them That I was insane I never met your little sister But I remember her name What caused your sudden in perspective a true change of heart or fear of consequences you've delivered your message a real stellar work not at all like the others those miserable jerks you're saying everything I've ever wanted to hear but only It's never been